Welcome to Fireside Nets, the number one Brooklyn Nets podcast for all your news, information, reactions, predictions, and so much more. I'm Spen Harris. He's Pete. And the Nets are kind of a dumpster fire right now after five games on the road, one and four. Uh, Probably the most embarrassing loss of the season since the Charlotte Hornets loss. Would you agree, Pete? I would say so. I don't know. I obliterated from this West Coast trip in general. It wasn't a very good trip. It just wasn't not good vibes out. Not not good vibes out, and it ended uh, with this. Just let's call it what it is: shitty, shitty loss in Utah. One twenty-five, one hundred eight. The Jazz just they just had a level of energy and effort tonight that the Nets couldn't match. Seemed like they got every single offensive rebound. Um, Markinen, Walker Kessler killed us in the front court. THT, Taylor Horton Tucker, and Colin Sexton killed us in the back court. Pete, do you know how much, how many points both those guys scored tonight? Sexton and THT. I have no idea. Fill me in. They each scored twenty-seven points. That sounds about right. Now let me ask you this. Do you know how much Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson scored tonight? Not a lot, if I had to take a guess. Pete, they had a combined 20 points. Okay? Brooklyn Bridges, Mikael had 13, and Cam Johnson had 7. The the Nets, I don't think this is who they are, but I don't think they're the team that beat Phoenix, uh, you know, less than a week ago. And we'll, we'll get into that game, too, but... The Nets, what they've done so far, Pete, that's been great, is they've beaten teams that they're supposed to beat. And, and that was not the case in this one. They probably should have beaten Golden State too. But what are your major takeaways from, from just the you know, wire to wire? Pretty much it was. Devast- I mean, it wasn't. The Nets were up at halftime, but Jazz took over in the third quarter. They never give up the lead. What is your reaction after a loss like this to a, to a Utah Jazz team that really just is not that great? Uh, they look like a team that's tired. I think Bridges has been tired the whole trip. I, I, you know, I'm always the guy that's saying the travel thing is such an important thing. And you know, it does suck to go out to the West Coast and have to play five games, like in I don't know what, like they're playing five games in nine days or eight days and having to travel so much. That's the toll on on, on their body. I think everybody just wants to go home. You know, uh, I think I said two and three. You said two and three on this West Coast trip. We were fucking wrong. They went one and four. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of crazy, but without the Phoenix win, uh, this would have been a total disaster of a trip, like a nightmare, really. Yeah. You, you, you use the word discombobulated to describe this team. I think that's extremely apparent, uh, in a, in a loss like this, you know, it isn't all on Cam Johnson and Mikhail Bridges, right? Collectively, they sucked defensively. They were terrible offensively. They, they just couldn't get in a rhythm. They couldn't get stops the entire game. Pete, they let up 125 points to the Utah Jazz. Outside of Laurie Markkinen, there's and, – and Walker Kessler is a solid player. There's not really another respectable 
up and coming player on this team that one might consider, you know, a future with THT. I don't think he's going to be in the NBA in a few years. Colin Sexton, decent player, Jordan, no Jordan Clarkson for this game. He was out. He's probably going to get traded. Um, Inexcusable, inexcusable, disgusting. Now, you know, I'm upset with Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson. I, I, I think they're a lot better than this. You know, we have these moments like I can recall two week, two, three weeks ago when Mikhail, all of a sudden he's averaging a bunch of points. Everyone's in love with him again. You know, he's he's our guy for, for him. And I sent you a picture, Pete, uh, the last three games against the Warriors, against the Nuggets and against the um, the Jazz tonight. Nine points against Denver, three of eight from the field, 18 points against Golden State, six of 17 from the field. And tonight, McHale finished four of 16 for 13 points. You need more from your leader. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's hard to put everything on him, like you said. That's how the team's built. But you know what what I'm kind of looking at? Let's look look at the scores of the other games. How many points did they give up against Sacramento? 131, 124 against the Nuggets, 125 tonight, 124 against the Warriors. You can't give up 124 points, 120 points, and expect to win. Like, it's, it's just, it's, I don't know, man. I'm just, fr- I'm very frustrated right now with the, with everything that's going on. I, I have to put, I have to put a little bit on McHale. I have to. He's the leader on this team. He's got to play better. I have to put a little bit on Cam Johnson. He, he has been, Really not good on this road trip. Uh, tonight, he was two of nine from the field, one of five from three. He he seems to have no rhythm to his game right now, Cam Johnson. He, he can't get the threes to fall. He can't get the twos to fall. You know, five rebounds for Cam Johnson. I thought he should have had a lot more than that. Nobody on the Nets was in double digits tonight in rebounds. Kind of pathetic. Um, those two guys have to play better. Now, the one guy on the team, Pete, that had a good game that, that's that's been relatively hot since he's come back from injury. Well, that's not true. He's he's been up and down. Was, was Cam Thomas tonight? Thomas had thirty-two points, twelve of twenty-three from the field, five of seven from three-point range. But I'll tell you this: I'm a little bit nervous with the way that if he's going to start and he's going to play the majority of minutes with guys like Dinwiddie, McHale, and Cam Johnson. I, I, I think he's going to have to change the way he plays a little bit. Because he has so many possessions where he's taking it to the hoop. He's trying to get a shot off. And yeah, he hits a lot more than he doesn't. Trust me, he's an assassin. But when he has the ball stick to his hands and he's trying to go one-on-one every single play, it's harder for guys like Mikhail, guys like Cam Johnson, and guys like Spencer Dinwiddie. And Dinwiddie, for all intents and purposes, 17, 11 assists and eight rebounds for Dinwiddie tonight. He played an efficient game. Um, It's harder for those guys to get in a rhythm and for the offense to flow. Do you think there's any merit to what I just said? Because I haven't seen this narrative yet, but watching this game tonight, like Cam Thomas got his buckets. He wasn't the problem. However, it was difficult for any other guy other than CT to get into a rhythm. Are you serious? That, I, that's the narrative I've been pushing since, like, preseason. I've, I've been saying that it doesn't work. Dinwiddie and him don't work. Bridges and, and CT don't work because they need the ball. Both guys need the ball. You don't want Bridges to be just sitting in the corner, right? Then when he could play in the corner, but we've talked about how that's not really his, you know, his element, right? That's why I think Ben Simmons with Cam Thomas would be the most, like, optimizable lineup, but he's not here. So, fuck that, throw that out. And uh, I think you're going to have to make a change to the starting lineup. I really do. 
I don't know if it's a defensive thing. I'm going to keep on pushing the defensive narrative. I know you want to get into the players, but I really feel like it's just a lot of holes everywhere, and I, I'm just seeing a team that's just trying to plug them up. I also think it's harder to get motivated to play good defense when you have one guy who's trying to go one-on-one every single possession. I do. Look, props to Cam Thomas. Pound for pound, he's probably the best scorer on the Brooklyn Nets right now By when far. Lonnie Walker is not playing. But but he's not say? Kevin Durant. But he's not Kevin Durant. He's not Devin Booker. He, he's not one of these guys where you're okay with them shooting 25 to 30 shots a game and, and you're still going to get back on defense and you're still going to get to your spots. I don't know, man. It, it just, it seems to me like guys like Mikhail are playing a little bit more timid. He doesn't know when, when to attack, when not to attack. And it's been harder for him to get into a rhythm with Cam Thomas dominating the ball. So I would, I would have to agree with you. Vaughn has to do something with his starting lineup. Maybe, maybe you send Cam Johnson to the bench. Look, he could be your sixth man. Try the, try anyone else. I don't think you're going to send the other four guys to the bench, right? Like you're not going to bench yeah. Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie hasn't I been. Am. Say that again. I, I probably, I probably, I, man, if we had another point guard that could space it out, I would say definitely bench Dinwiddie. But I don't know. Like, I'm kind of leaning towards it, but then who's going to take up the ball? I don't, you know, everyone that watches probably thinks Cam Thomas is a god who could play point. I'm still not in that category of people that believe that he can play point. I'm sorry. I'm not there yet. He can make nice passes, but I'm not comfortable with him taking it up all the time. Uh, I don't do you bench Cam Thomas, your best scorer. Like, I'm not sure what to do. I don't think you bench Cam uh, Cam Johnson, though. I think you kind of need him to gel. If this team he's going to have to be one of those pieces that, quote, unquote, works. So I don't think you bench him yet. You got to let, you know, you just sign the guy. Just show a little belief in him. I get it. I get it. I haven't I haven't seen that this year. I know he's had some decent games. Um, well, you're I right. Just think you're that, right with that, by the way. I, I, I think that you get more from Dorian Finney-Smith or Royce O'Neal right now than you are from Cam Johnson. You probably do. You probably it's do. tough for me to say. I like Cam Johnson. I think he's a hell of a, a person. I, I love his interviews. He's got a great personality. He's very upbeat. But right now, he's not helping the Nets win ballgames. He's just not. And I think I think Dorian Finney-Smith or Royce O'Neal could do that a little bit more. Now, I want to get in, into the other three games. But before we do, let's just acknowledge – no Lonnie Walker these last few games. No Dennis Smith Jr. tonight. You know, we, we talk about how important those two guys are to this Nets bench. Watford barely played. We're, we're, we're giving Jalen Wilson minutes because we are so – we don't have our depth um, on the bench right now, so we're giving the rookies minutes. Not an excuse, just just something to take note of. That's uh, it. Yeah, no taken. Note taken. No, no, no uh, all right. They're tired. They're tired on the trip. You want, you want the young guys to eat up some minutes. You know what I mean? But at least they're getting some burn, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Look, it, it was a long road trip. You're right. The Nets seemed gassed in this game. They, they seemed cooked. But credit to Utah for taking advantage. Uh, if you're the Nets, you just got to be more ready in a game like that, especially knowing that you've lost the last two. All right, Pete, let's get to the high point of, of the last week and a half for the Nets, and that was beating – the big three of the Phoenix Suns, 116, 112. We're going all the way back. Do you have the date of this game? Because ESPN doesn't show the freaking date, which bothers me. It is December 13th, 2023. Okay, so just five days ago, right? 116, 112. Cam Thomas, 24 points, 
Mikhail Bridges, 21 points. We're not going to get into stats because because there's a few other games we want to go over, but just give me a, a sentence to describe how you felt after this victory. Oh, man, it's, you feel kind of vindicated. I was, you know, I'm not going to lie. There was a part of me that said, you know what, Pete, you should be the good guy. You let KD off, you know what I mean? Like he did a lot of good years. So I was just going to calm, you know, calmly enjoy the game in my chair. And then the game unfolded and I was like, fuck you, Katie. That's what you get. That's it. I had to get that out a couple times. I try to be a good guy. Come on. That had to feel good, right? Don't lie. No lie here. It it felt fucking phenomenal. I've been wanting to beat KD in basketball ever since he, he requested a trade last summer. And we had our chance, and 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 we took advantage of this moment. Coming off a, a rough loss to the Kings, we we needed one, right? Like we we really needed one. Um, and I thought this was a statement win. Every single starter was in double figures. You, you got contributions from the bench. You got stops when you needed them. Obviously, this was like, you know, I think I don't know what number it was, but this was the first time that Beal, Booker, and Durant had played together in a while. So however you want to take that, we still beat three superstars. Yeah, they played very well, though. They shot 24-42 and put up 75 points. 75 of the 112. Uh, now Beal's hurt, but tough shit, man. Shit happens. You, you know who I feel for, man? Our our old pal, Yuta Watanabe. He is, he is non-existent on this team. Uh, unfortunately, the Suns brought him in because he played with KD in Brooklyn, and Zero points against the Nets in seven minutes. You hate to see it. You know what I mean? But, you know, I, I kind of do actually feel bad because think about it. He really didn't play last year after the KD trade. But I thought that was kind of strange that, that I guess they kind of knew they wanted to move on from him. But, you know, what are you going to do? I'm, I'm happy he got a, a spot on another team. I am. I'm not. I don't have any uh, ill will to, to him. Cam Thomas, two huge free throws at the end to pretty much seal the, seal the deal. Eight of eight from the line. Shout out to him for having that clutch gene. Uh, not much more to say. I was exuberant about this win. You take down, you know, the guy that you wanted to build the franchise around. And uh, look, the Suns are going to be fine. You see what the Clippers are doing out West. And the Mavs have been pretty good. So Kyrie, KD, and Harden are all going to be fine. And Harden's playing really good basketball right now so i can't i can't shit on them too much but pete what i will say and i tweeted this after the win we have victories this season we're undefeated against kevin durant and against james harden and if it wasn't for a miracle left-handed bank three-point shot from luca the god Doncic, then we actually are undefeated against Kyrie too we aren't wrong aren't wrong all right, let's get into these losses quickly uh, because the Nets were one and four on this this uh, road trip. We talked about the loss to the Jazz. It, it started, you know, I wanted to talk about the Suns, but it started with a loss against the Kings. I'm not going to get into that. It was just a, it's just a dominating like victory from the Kings, right? We went in there and they just outplayed us. They busted our ass. They got in our ass. <laughs> they were together last year. They know who they are. They know their identity. We're still figuring ourselves out. That's how I viewed that loss. Like, like we're we're just not that caliber yet. They are who they who we thought they were. Right. So that was loss number one. Loss number two. Uh, this is after the Suns win. The second night of a back-to-back, we lose in Denver. Disappointing loss, but no one was that mad because this was the second half of back-to-back. 124-101 was the final of that game. 
Uh, one sentence to describe this loss against Denver. Expected. I didn't think they were going to win. I really didn't think they were going to win. Even if they would have, uh, on the resting the guys against the Suns, if they would have blown out the Suns, I still think just going out west, Denver, you know, the mile high altitude, all that, you got to add that in. Uh, they're a good basketball team. They're the world champions, right? So I was expecting I don't want to add that in. I don't want to give him the altitude. I feel like if, it's if a you real give him the field, altitude, bro. They, yeah, but then you should never. Have you ever, win no, no. Have you ever gone? Have you ever gone there? I have, I have. twice. Oh, twice. You, I know you're a Colorado guy. Yeah. I have gone there. I have gone there. Um, I think I can play a basketball game. Liar, but 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 again, Denver. Like I just, I don't like that. Right? Like Denver loses games at homes. At home, they didn't, they didn't, the Nets did not lose because of the altitude. They lost because they got outplayed on the second half of a back to back. Oh no, yeah, I I agree, I agree with that. Okay. I'm saying I'm adding everything in, asshole. Let's say the altitude, like the altitude's like another player. Um, yeah, again, disappointing game from Mikael Bridges. He's your leader. He's the one who's got to perform on the road. He did not. You lose that game. Fine. You move. So so now you're one and two on the road trip. You go to Golden State winnable game against a struggling Warriors team. You were in it fourth quarter. You were in this game. You outscored him by two, but too much Steph Curry, too much clay Thompson down the stretch, 37 for Curry, 24 for clay. Um, you just couldn't get the stops and, and you, you couldn't get the buckets when you needed them. Yeah. Well, Curry put up what 12, uh, 12, three points, 16 points in the fourth. Uh, you know, that's a superstar. Superstar is going to superstar. Superstar is going to have the superstar celebration. Tell me you saw that. I did not. Oh, he uh, uh, he called. Tyron- out, was out with my girlfriend. Shout out to my girlfriend. Happy birthday. Shout out okay. to your girlfriend. Happy birthday. He uh, he hit eight straight points, and then Jacques Vaughn calls the timeout, and, and Curry emphatically goes to the Oh, next, yeah, he called the timeout. The timeout yeah, sign. That was that was pretty badass. Um, Nets yeah. did have a chance to tie this game down the stretch. Mikael Bridges had a chance, uh, missed missed a layup, boff the finger roll. It happens. Um, yeah, this this one stung because the Nets should have beaten this Warriors team. I think I think talent wise and depth wise, the Nets are probably the better team between these two. Just couldn't get the job done. So devast- you know, not this wasn't as devastating as Utah, but tough loss. Now you're one and three on the road trip. You finish off Utah. We talked about that game. You finish one and four. Um, yeah, this this was just an overall disappointing road trip for the Nets, and uh, they got to get right at home, Pete. They they have to they have to get things right. They will. I'm, I'm not I'm not concerned at all. The West Coast is always mean to a couple East teams. You know, it's time to get our whipping. You know, shit happens. We'll be ready next time. Are you as concerned with, with Mikhail's struggles as, as I am and just the team's offensive woes in general? Uh, yeah, and I'm, we're kind of like almost we're getting to the 30-game mark. Or, no, like 30% of the, of, the, of the schedule. We're about 30% into the schedule. And teams have a lot of footage now. They know what teams, other teams are going to run. They know who's going to get the ball when. They know, the out of, you know they're scouting the out-of-bounds plays. You know, it's not a secret anymore. It wasn't a secret going into the season, but man, now the Nets are really looked at differently. They're saying, okay, Cam Thomas is the real deal. He's not someone who's going to be, you know, oh, this guy's on the end of the bench. You're not worry about him. It's no, this is the main guy now. Bridges is, you know, maybe the second guy. And uh, that's it. They know, they know what's coming. They know what's coming, right? 
What what drives me nuts about bridge? What'd you say? I'm, I'm sorry. I was gonna add in a you know, when you have CT, it's a lot of ISO. You know what's coming. A lot of ISO. I, I I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I think that what, what bothers me, Pete, is I saw what Mikhail Bridges did during that stretch where he was, I think he was at like 25, 26 per game. I saw what he did against Atlanta. So I know he's capable of more. In in games like tonight against Golden State, he just timid might not be the, the right word. He's not seeking out contact, or he's he's almost trying to to seek out contact instead of getting to his spots. He he seems like there were there were moments in this game where Colin Sexton kind of kind of took him off his game from a physicality standpoint. And I'm not saying that Mikhail isn't a physical basketball player because he is. He he has to run through screens. Uh, he's a physical basketball player, but he's not asserting himself against these these guys. And and that along with his streaky three point shooting, it's up and down along with the fact that he's missing bunnies. That layup was not the first layup he missed against Golden State. He missed a few tonight. Um, I'm just a bit concerned with how up and down he's been. And and like we talked, you talked about isolation, a lot of Cam Thomas. That's definitely cut into it. But you're you're supposed to figure that out. I mean, when you were in Phoenix, you were the third or fourth option. You were damn, damn efficient. So as the second option, you should still be damn efficient. And that, that's what I'm looking for from Mikael Bridges moving forward. Um, we have a lot of news, a lot of Nets news, three little tidbits. And, uh, the first one is more of a stop me if you've heard this before, but the following report was, uh, released by Sham Sharania 12, 18, 2020, uh, 2023. So that is actually today while we're recording. If you're listening Tuesday, that was yesterday. But here's the uh, part of the article says the Brooklyn Nets internally believe Ben Simmons has looked like the best in the world in his, this rehab process. Sources tell The Athletic, Ben Simmons has been breaking team records formerly held by LaMarcus Aldridge, who was on the team at the end of his career. Blake Griffin also was on the team at tail end of his career. Brooke Lopez, okay, played played here in his prime. And Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, not a very accomplished NBA player, on the team's anti-gravity treadmill. Okay, so, so that's the post. He's breaking team records on the anti-gravity treadmill. The team believes he is coming into his own as one of the elites in the league in this area. He set a team record for mile time last week at the facility and received a really big trophy. Wow. He should, he should uh, join the U S team in the Olympics. Absolutely. He sounds like a God. Man, no, 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 I don't mean, I don't mean, I don't mean the basketball team, by the way. I mean like the track and field team. I'm talking about the gravity team, bro. The gra- team gravity, I got you. Yeah, the gravity team. You know, you know if if you are not familiar, teams kind of uh you know want to build a camaraderie. They want to have players have a reason, you know, extra reason to work out. So they'll give awards and you know in the workout room they might have uh, a list of the guys who did like the most uh, lifts or something, right? And that's what uh, this report's kind of talking about. Whatever Shams mentioned, the gra- whatever gravity shit that is. Uh, uh, it's great. He's working out. Woo! He could. He's good at gym. Can, can he score any points from the from the, from the gym though? I uh, yeah. I don't know. Look, I I need to verify this article. Did you did you read it? I don't. I don't have the athletic. Oh, did we just get trolled? We might have got trolled. Oh, um, that's you. No, that's on you, bro. You damn. You suck, bro. Because uh, I couldn't. I couldn't I find knew, it. I saw a screenshot. I knew that sounded funny when he got a big trophy. Oh, man. This is a disaster. 
Yeah, we definitely got trolled. Well, this is embarrassing. Good on them. I can't. I can't it's find so it. But you know what? You know what? Here's, here's the funny thing. <laughs> no, I think I sent it to you. I believed okay, so. it. Uh, I'll admit I believed it, and I don't necessarily know that it's fake. I just can't find it right now. So it was on the docket. We talked about it. Could be real. Could be <laughs> fake. Someone wants to verify that. Uh, hope Ben Simmons' rehab is going well. Don't necessarily think we need him at this point. Would would actually rather trade him. Listen, uh, I wasn't supposed to tell you this. Um, I, I you, got, you really got to keep this hush hush, okay? Sources tell me that Ben Simmons is winning awards in the gym. Okay. See, that doesn't that sound like a, a crazy <laughs> crazy story, right? I would believe that. Think know, we've, we've all won. We've train, all right? won some awards. It's a hype train. We've all won some awards at the gym in our lives, right, Pete? I mean, you have. I definitely have not. I, you're lying to me. I, I've, I've won a few awards. Um, so shout out to Ben Simmons. Hope hope his rehab is going well. But I, I really, if that's a true report, that's pretty funny. Uh, if it's not, if if it is a true report, that's great. Good for Ben Simmons. If it's not a true report, that's kind of funny. Yeah, that was funny. All right, Claxton News. Now th this was verified. You sent this to me, but uh, Mike Scotto reported that Brooklyn Nets center Nick Claxton hopes to resign with the team in free agency. Scotto spoke with 12 NBA executives to gauge his free agent value and spoke with Claxton about his future team expectations and the core going forward. Pete, you retweeted this from your account, only Nets fans you know, and you wrote, uh, Scotto is Bond? Yeah, like, word is Bond. Like, if it, that, like if he says it, then it's, it's legit. Talk to me about this article. What's going on here? Uh, he talked to Clax and stuff. Clax said he wants to come back, and Scott will talk to he, he does this very good job of talking to guys in the industry. I'm not sure. I forgot if it, if he talked to GMs or whatever, but they said he's uh, Claxton could make around 21 million per year, and uh, I, I think that's even on the low end, to be honest. But uh, but that's I guess the big news here. Is, eh, the big news here is that he says he wants number. That's been whispered about in the industry. Okay. And if you're Sean Marks, are you paying him the money that he's reportedly going to receive? Uh, I think that would be a steal if if he got if he if he got signed for 21 million. I've been on the on the record saying that he's probably gonna get a max. I really feel like he's gonna get a max if he can stay healthy for the rest of the year. He's an analytics darling. I, I 100% agree with you. Um, I love Claxton. I, 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 I think he's he, he's been one of the bright spots for the Nets this year. Um, him and Sharp are a really formidable one-two front court as Sharp's improved a lot this year. The one thing I can see Mark's doing is, is maybe selling high on Claxton and then just inserting Sharp into the starting spot. I saw that on, on Nets Twitter, and I didn't think that was too far-fetched. They really like Sharp. And, uh, look, we saw it happen with Jared Allen, right? So uh, Marks isn't afraid to trade the starting center. I'm just not sure if if he's going to do that this time. I, I, I think he I, – I don't think he's going to make that same move twice. I think you're right. I think they're going to pay Clax. And I think they should pay Clax because Clax has absolutely earned it. Absolutely. You know, like he's grown with the team. Like I said, he kind of fits around our defensive scheme. He is our defensive scheme, basically. Has been our our defensive scheme in that he could play in the perimeter. He could switch. He could do, you know, clean up on the inside. 
He's got a couple double doubles this year. He's in rebounding. I think is a little up this year. Uh, you know, he's a net. He's drafted a net. It would be nice to keep him, but I think a lot of people are going to be a little shocked when a max deal comes in and the Nets really get hampered. There'd be a question of do you want to go after a free agent or clacks when you have Sharp like right there? You know, at the beginning of the year, everyone was shitting on Sharp. I thought he was going to do okay. He's kind of surpassed what I thought he was going to do. I could see him starting for a little bit. I really do. And if you look at the analytics, they're really big on Sharp also. So it's uh, I, uh depends if you believe in the eye test or the analytics. I'm man enough to admit I was dead wrong on Sharp. I didn't think he Ooh. was uh, the right backup center for this team, and I was 100 percent still raw. wrong. So you're not wrong. Your eye test was not wrong, by the way. You still we still see that once in a while. I mean, yeah, but he's made he's made winning plays this season, um, and he's shown that he's shown that he belongs. Uh, like oh. I, I want to see Giles get some run. I really like the Harry Giles signing, and and I think he he'd be able to do some things that Claxton and uh, Sharp can't do in terms of his mid range game. But it's been hard to argue Vaughn sticking with Claxton and Sharp because that has been a really really strong front court for the Brooklyn Nets. I agree. Um. And I did not find that Ben Simmons article. So for everyone listening, I might have been trolled by a fake Ben Simmons article <laughs> that I brought to Pete. It happens. I'll own it. Um, speaking of roster moves and trades and signing guys, Donovan Mitchell may be on the move. Darius Garland's hurt. He's getting surgery. Evan Mobley's been hurting. The Cavs are struggling this season. And Mitchell's going to be a free agent next year, right? Correct. So the Cavs might want to move on, and the Nets might be a potential destination. Pete, two-part question. A, do you want to see the Nets make this move? And if you do, hypothetically, how, how would we, what would be the route that Sean Marks would go down to acquire Donovan Mitchell? Uh, I think I, I got to look at his contract, but I believe he was signed with like a rookie max extension which is the reason why we couldn't get him earlier because if Ben Simmons is signed to a similar deal and you can't have more than one, I think if I remember correctly, I believe that was an issue. Uh, listen, I think it would be a great get for this team. I'm a little higher on him than other people are, but uh, you'd have to be trading. It would have to start with Dinwiddie and, uh, and Royce or Dorian Finney-Smith and maybe somebody else. But the thing I'm really interested in that a lot of people were bringing up. Would you trade Cam Thomas for him? No, I don't. Me? I don't think I would. It'd be tough. I might. I don't know. That's a that's a great question. Would you? He's twenty two years old. He's twenty two. Imagine yeah, him in three I, years. I, I'll tell you this. I I think that Cam Thomas is untouchable. So I agree with you. I I would make the move. I think the idea, if a guy like that becomes available, the idea not to go for that guy, especially when you are one of those teams on the cusp of potentially being a contender, um, I think I think a, a team of Donovan Mitchell, Mikhail Bridges, Nick Claxton, and then Cam Thomas and whatever's left, be a really really good team. I agree. And and the one thing I'll say is I think the way that Mitchell plays, it benefits Mikhail Bridges more so than it does Cam Thomas because. Mitchell's not a guy who forces the issue, right? He plays within himself. He plays within the offense. You saw him do that in Utah. You saw him do that in Cleveland. Guys still get touches when he plays. It's not as much ball sticking like it is with Cam Thomas. So 
I, I, I would really like that move. I think that at that point, if you do make that move, Cam Thomas becomes your sixth man, and he has to be in your closing lineup. So if you I do agree. acquire D. Mitchell, your starting lineup would be something like, uh, you know, Mitchell, Bridges, Cam Johnson, Nick Claxton, and then whoever, right? Like Trenton Watford, Dennis Smith Jr., whoever you want to throw in in that one. Bring Cam Thomas off the bench with Dorian Finney-Smith, Royce O'Neal with who's ever left. And that would be that would be your team in the playoffs. And I do love Mitchell. I'm with you. I'm high on him. Uh, why not? If you're able to make this move, why wouldn't you make it? Why wouldn't you give yourself a better chance to compete with the top teams in the East? Maybe maybe you don't want to give up something that uh, that would resemble the uh, the mellow to Knicks deal, in that you kind of have a nice team structured, and then you're kind of taking the backbone and a couple main pieces, and then all of a sudden you're kind of you're on shaky ground. That's an argument, uh, you know, I could make, but um, I don't know. It depends on the player and really the picks, right? If I'm going to be giving up three picks, Spencer Dinwiddie, who I think is worth two first-round picks by himself, and, uh, and I don't know, like a Doreen Finney-Smith slash Royce O'Neal, man, that's a lot. That's a lot to this team. Both of those guys mean a lot to this team. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. It's, it's a tricky topic. Uh, if you're Sean Marks, obviously you don't want to get fleeced. But Donovan Mitchell is a guy. He fits your timeline. He, him and Mikhail have a good relationship. Let's not forget that. They're buddies. Um, I just I would keep the door wide open on a Donovan Mitchell to Brooklyn move, uh, route for the right price. He's from New York, DM. Huge Mets fan. Huge New York Mets. Friggin' Alonzo, all that Mets shit. Who's your owner? Steve Cohen? All that, all that shit. Um, all right, Pete. It is 12:05 a.m. It is now Tuesday morning for all those watching live. Thank you for listening, you. tuning in. Uh, look, tough loss tonight. The one thing that I'll say, Pete, the, the final thing that I'll say, the difference, the difference between the Brooklyn Nets and the New York Knicks, the Knicks don't lose games like that. They just don't. They don't lose games to opponents like the Utah Jazz. Let's let's not let it happen again, Brooklyn. Pete, any final words for the Nets fans out there? Well, yeah, follow my YouTube, follow my Twitter at NetFans. You know, I've been slacking with my podcast, and I'm looking to uh, make some additions to the team. If you're interested in maybe co-hosting for a little bit or becoming a producer podcast, hit up the kid. Hit me up. All right, there you have it. Thank you to everyone for listening to another edition of Fireside Nets. I'm Spen. He's Pete. It's been real. Good night. Good night, y'all.